0: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in
1: to the Eagle Hour.
0: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour on a cold and rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Glad you're with us around the state on the Super Talk Radio Network. Bob and Kelly from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg today. Luke Johnson out of the country on a mission trip. He should be back. Uh, In about 10 days, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will be joining us here shortly. It's our Thursday visit uh, with the professor. Lots to talk about with basketball upcoming this weekend. Baseball back in town, of course, and uh, all sorts of activities actually on the campus uh, this weekend. Lady Eagle basketball playing at Louisiana Tech tonight at Kelly Center. We're in the pod play and I guess it officially kicks off tonight.
1: And the the men will play at home on Saturday as part of that long list of events that you were talking about. Beach volleyball right. also gets going this weekend. So kind of
0: cold, yeah. But beach volleyball.
1: But like last weekend, you know, when there were there was baseball and basketball and a parade and all this sort of thing. This weekend, beach volleyball, basketball, and baseball. So another full day on campus if you if you want to get out to the campus all right
0: opening segment sponsored by dickie's barbecue pit proud supporters of our show and of course southern miss athletics you can enjoy their delicious food they cook it in-house every day right here in hattiesburg seven days a week they'll cater any event for you whether it's large or small it just really doesn't matter to them they'll provide the delicious food deliver it to you even set it up and serve it i think if if that's what you want to do and kelly you're right you you ride by there at a certain time of the day, and the aromas will just almost pull your car into the driveway.
1: And nobody ever asks what it costs, because once you smell it, going, it doesn't matter what it right. costs.
0: Always ask for the Kelly Center Special, which is cream, spinach, and ice cream.
1: And soft serve. You talk yeah. about a breakfast of champions, right? <laughs> Joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline in, in segment number one is Lucy Nunn, the head golf coach for the women's team at Southern Miss. Coach Nunn, good afternoon to you.
2: How are you guys?
1: Uh, not not so good. If we if we like to knock the golf ball around, this weather is not very conducive, is it?
2: We have become really good swimmers uh, this <laughs> semester, so it's it, it'll stop raining eventually. That's that's kind of my take.
1: Well, bring us up to date. Is you're, you're kind of now getting rolling into the spring season? Kind of give us an overview of the team and the season schedule as you look ahead.
2: Yeah. So so far, uh, we were two tournaments in. We went over to San Marcos, Texas. Didn't escape. Uh, the cold weather over there, um, you know, got better each round and then uh, just got back from uh, New Orleans uh, playing in two lanes event, the Sugar Bowl, and uh, beat about four or five teams that were ranked ahead of us. Um, had really, really good showing from our freshmen. Um, it's been their kind of first time this semester being in the lineup, so it was really good to see um, some production out of them. Excuse me, we've got about uh, two, give or take two weeks off before we go to uh, Tampa, and then straight from Tampa over to Arizona, um, and then another two weeks off, and staying in-state, going to Ole Miss, and then before you know it, it'll be time for the conference championship down in Florida.
1: Yeah, but trips to Florida and to Arizona, that's that's pretty nice. You know, a good selling tool to potential recruits.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to hit the sunshine when we can.
1: I want to ask you about uh, the women's game at the high school level in, in Mississippi. It, it, how frequently do you see high school programs that have proficient girls golf teams at the high school level in our state
2: you know across the board uh, whether it's mississippi or or other states you've got you know your handful of players that um you'll play a little bit of high school golf but they really excel kind of on their own playing in some tournaments um ajj is a really big uh tour we've got you know the um southeast junior tour here um so it really just kind of varies um and depends on what level that player is at um but you know when i started at Southern Miss is one of those. I started looking at players in state and going through the list. It was they're going to Miss State or Ole Miss. I was, you know, trying to break into that market sooner rather than later.
1: So, do all high schools generally, regardless of their classification, one A through six A, do most all of the high schools in Mississippi have women's golf teams?
2: It can be a little hit and miss, um, and I've seen that across um, every place I've been to. Where it's one of those, um, you know, some states will have kind of like our our college level, we'll, you know, have five, count four scores, other it's, you know, have three, count two, and others, I think Louisiana might just be you have two and that's what you count. Um, So it's it's really kind of hit and miss, Um, but, you know, it's one of those that you kind of have to stay on top of and, you know, kind of figure out where where the 10 gyms are.
1: Now, as we continue our discussion with Lucy Nunn, the women's head golf coach at, at Southern Miss, Coach Nunn, in football, there's clearly physically a difference between a freshman football player and a and a maybe a senior or a fifth year senior, you know, physically. But you just mentioned how proficient your freshmen have been already in the young season. Is there a big difference physically in, in the women's golfers from freshmen to say maybe a fifth year senior?
2: It's it's crazy how much the game has changed uh since I was playing. I graduated um from Arkansas in oh nine and you know felt like we were kind of like the top echelon and then you see these these junior players that are just absolutely crushing it. Some are playing on, you know, in um, LPGA events against the pros and are able to hang with them. So I think it just depends on you know, a lot of its drive and heart and just opportunities. So it's one of those, you know, for us with leadership, it's, you know, you don't have to be a senior to lead. You know, leadership comes from within, and, you know, you, you go out and you earn everything. So it's it's kind of hit and miss. I mean, that kind of round, rounds it out.
1: But but physically, there isn't a whole lot of difference necessarily between a freshman and a senior?
2: I think it's more just them kind of, you know, figuring out, um, you know, their swing mechanics, how their body works in space. Um, but outside of that, it, you know, some accelerate that a lot sooner than others. Um, so, no, I mean, if you were to line them up, you probably couldn't tell classification.
1: You know, the, the late Bob Drum did, a, did an article where he wrote about the, the popularity or, with all due respect, lack of popularity on the LPGA Tour. And when he talked about the lack of popularity at that time, he attributed it to the fact that the Korean women were really taking over the LPGA Tour, and American fans just didn't necessarily embrace the Korean women. Not that they had anything against them, they just weren't familiar with them. What are the Koreans doing well, necessarily, that maybe we in America are not, as far as developing and advancing women's golf at the professional level?
2: For sure. I'll expand that out even in, into Europe. You know, a lot, of, um, our, a lot of our foreign players, you know, they come from. Uh, federations where they have kind of not necessarily like high school teams, but they have regional teams and they have national teams where they go and they compete with these teams. So they, you know, they're already away from home. They're training at a really high level and it's a little cutthroat of, Hey, if you're not playing well, like we're going to, we're going to drop you down a rank and bring somebody else in. So you have to kind of work your way up. But I feel like over here, you know, we have, like you mentioned, you know, we have our high school teams and then we have kind of our individual stuff, but there's never anything that's, a group, and there's really no consequences um, for anything, you know, kind of that whole real-world scenario of if you, if you don't do well at a job, it's, you're going to pay for it uh, later on. So I think, I think that's what it is across the world compared to us, is they're putting more real-life situations early on, so they, they're able to figure it out sooner
1: than we are. So it's a reasonable argument, if I'm interpreting what you're saying, it's a reasonable argument that Bob Drum puts forward that, that uh, the, well, he, he cited the Koreans in particular.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those. And again, it depends on player. You know, we're starting to see a bigger in, um, you know, resurgence of American golfers, or at least those that, you know, we're more familiar with with the college game. And I think a lot of that um, has to attribute to our national championship going to match play and being televised. You're, you know, you're starting to see more of those names and make connections with those and hear their stories versus just. A name that maybe you don't understand.
1: Lucy Nunn is with us. She's the women's golf coach at uh, Southern Miss. As the Eagle Hour continues on this cold and dreary Thursday, how has social media impacted the recruiting game, Coach Nunn? The past say five to seven years.
2: Oh, it's it's absolutely huge. You know, we have a lot of players, uh, you know, recruits that will you know send us links to things, and it's you know it's a their Instagram or their Twitter page is just about their golf, and then they have a separate one for them. So it's almost like they're kind of creating these websites to. Um, you know, promote themselves, and then we have to do kind of the same on our end of, hey, this is what we're doing right now, like, check this out. So it's a constant back and forth, and it becomes a little bit easier than, um, you know, phone calls. It's, it, it's easy just to send out a quick picture and be like, hey, look at what we did today. Um, so it's a constant, like, quick hit instead of long, drawn-out phone calls and emails and text messages.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that they have a separate account for their golf game and, and one person, uh, a personal account. But clearly, you guys as coaches are also looking at their personal social media accounts.
2: Oh, for sure! And you know, knock on wood. I think this generation is so tech savvy with everything that they're starting to understand that you can't really separate the two. You know, it's it's one and the same. And um, you know, I've heard you know stories of coaches going through you know social media stuff, and you know they stop recruiting a player because of what they see. But it's I haven't seen that on my end um, yet because I feel like they're so in tune with know this is what they put forward into the world and this is they own who they are in
1: essence so and and generally i have found with athletes across the board regardless of the sport regardless of the gender if they're athletes they are generally self-disciplined anyway because that's yeah that's the very nature of getting better is to be self-disciplined and lots of times the mistakes they make on social media the things that they show that aren't too attractive are Mm -hmm. showing a lack of discipline yes
2: for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you look at our sport, us in baseball are very similar in that we're on the road so much throughout the school year. So, you know, we'll, you know really maintaining our grades and there's a good balance in that. And, um, so I think that's, that's taught early on that in order to do one thing, you have to do something else really well.
1: well. We will be following the women's golf team throughout the season. Lucy Nunn has joined us. She's the head golf coach for the Lady Eagle Golf Squad. Coach Nunn, thank you and continued success.
2: Thank you. Really appreciate
1: it. Oh, man, it was a great, great discussion. We love the game of golf around here. And we also love Patrick McGee and a chance to get to visit with him. The professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will join us in our next segment. The Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour.
0: Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. And thanks to Lucy Dunn, the ladies golf coach, for joining Kelly. in the first segment of today's program. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Now, look, lots of stuff going on in Hattiesburg uh, this weekend. We're going to have volleyball, women's basketball, men's basketball, men's baseball, uh, so, going to be a lot of people in town. you got to make a stop at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Be sure to tell them the Eagle Ivers sent you. They've got great new uh, Southern Miss baseball apparel. Uh, they've got a great selection of spring and summer stuff in all the new brands, and uh, all the new items are waiting on you at Campus Bookmart. If you're uh, in other parts of the state, campusbookmart.net, M A R T.net. It's Thursday, and rain or shine, we go to the Mississippi Gulf Coast to the Biloxi Sun-Herald for none other than the professor, Patrick McGee. And, uh, Patrick, happy Thursday to you.
3: Happy Thursday to y'all. How are y'all doing?
0: Well, we're good, my man. We've got a lot of stuff going on on the campus this weekend. We've got basketball and baseball. And and before we get to that, though, I want, I want to kind of take a step back and uh, – I don't know, I think I was gone last Thursday maybe when you guys talked to Patrick. I may be recovering some old ground. But are all the football hires done, Patrick? Is the staff back now up to full speed?
3: No, I mean, I think we're kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, Cedric Thomas, uh, the former head coach at uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, apparently was uh, added to the staff over the weekend. It's kind of unclear uh, as to maybe who was gone or what. And, I mean, obviously Matt Cube. Hup- Kubik was hired as offensive coordinator uh, late last week. So uh, right now it's kind of a a confused picture. I don't have a great uh, grasp on whether somebody is retired or or left the staff and gone elsewhere. So uh, kind of in a holding pattern at the moment.
0: Well, I know you keep up with Southern Miss like no one else, and you provide Mm -hmm. the best coverage of the athletic program. Is this just a lack of communication coming from the football office? No, I,
3: I I'm not sure what the deal is. Just, I mean, uh, as of signing day, there was no you know vacancy on the defensive staff, and then you find out I think on, on Sunday, uh, or excuse me Monday, I was off that day, so I wasn't really able to move on it very quickly. Uh, that they had added uh, the Arkansas Pine Bluff head coach to the staff as the co-defense coordinator slash uh, defensive backs coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd, I mean, texted Jay to try to figure out, you know, why you know he was added. Uh, he hasn't had much response. It's one of those things that uh, Jay keeps some things to the vest, close to the vest, and he does a lot of this hiring on his own uh, without much input. So if Jay doesn't want uh, much to get out there on some stuff, he, he, he can do a good job of keeping under wraps for a little
1: bit. Well, I have to tell you guys, I have all the details oh, do you? on the football, but I have a – Private disclosure agreement signed with Governor or Mayor Bloomberg. So I say, I, so. I
0: say, so you can't talk about it. I got you. That's I got right. You. I got
1: you. Uh, basketball coming up this weekend. Pod play begins. Patrick, we heard from the the conference office a couple of days ago as to the the theory behind you know the second year of pod play. Now that that you've seen it, do you have to wait? And t- do you personally have to wait until the NCAA field is named? To uh, to give us an opinion as to thumbs up, thumbs down, or kind of in between as to where you stand on the the pod. Well, play?
3: I mean, I I think it's been a, a failure. I mean, I don't, you know, I think I've kind of gave y'all the same answer each time. It's just one of those things. That, uh, maybe it helps out now and then, but I, I don't think it really helps out as much as they would have hoped. Uh, I don't think anybody in this conference is really on any bubble of any sort uh, in terms of the NCAA and even the NIT. Uh, So it's kind of those things where the only team they're going to be uh, sending anywhere is probably the winner of the conference tournament. So uh, I don't think it's brought the results to the conference once. Uh, I don't, you know, I I just don't think it's going to work out.
0: So I guess that raises the question, Patrick. Basketball, Conference USA Basketball, just not improving overall. Is that fair to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think – as a whole, the you know the, the conference has done a good job of competing in NC 2A tournament. I mean, what they've won four years in a row, the, the, their team had gone in, then they lost last year in a tough game. Old Dominion, who was a good team. So maybe the league's a little bit down this year overall. You don't really have that, that really strong standout team. Uh, you know, we have some teams that have gotten hot here and there. I know North Texas has been, has been good, Louisiana Texas, a good basketball team. Those are good teams. It's just always going to be lumped in with the Sun Belt. Some of these other conferences unfairly, because I think usually the top three or four teams in conference USA, conference USA, are pretty strong. Uh, they just don't really get a chance to show it until they get get in that uh, open and round game in the C two A tournament.
0: Okay. Now, what does Southern Miss have to do in its last four games to make the tournament, Patrick?
3: Uh, well, they're in the they're, they have to be one of the twelve. Right now, they're eleventh in the standings. So. It's just kind of take care of your business. You play Middle Tennessee twice, I believe. You got Middle Tennessee coming in first. Uh, You just got to win your games at home. And and if you pick, you know, say, beat a Rice, winning at UTEP will probably be difficult, but uh, you can beat a Rice on the road. So uh, you're in pretty comfortably, uh, or very comfortably, really, if you win three of those games. So. It's just a matter of Southern Miss kind of at the very least. I think they can get in at 2-2 two and two maybe. 3-1 uh, and one I think puts them in pretty easily. So it's just, it's just a matter of taking care of business and beating teams that they're capable of beating.
1: You know, when, when you look back on the, on the preseason projections of Conference USA, if you had to name a surprise team on the good end of the conference, it would be North Texas. I think North Texas has outperformed all expectations. And I think that the biggest flop this year has been UTEP. I mean, UTEP was projected to be, you know, one of the top three teams in the league, and the minors are struggling. What what say you, Patrick, as to uh, the the biggest overachiever and the biggest disappointment in the league so far? Albeit there's still three or four games left, but up to this point.
3: Yeah, well, uh, North Texas obviously, obviously a surprise surprised everybody. No, nobody really responded to that. I think they have a good coach in place there, uh, and he's done a good job. He's a good fit for that program, and he's been able to build them up. So maybe they're just kind of hitting their stride in conference play under him. Uh, UTEP Rodney Terry the uh, second year head coach uh, UTEP I mean they're, they've been consistently the biggest disappointment in Conference USA going on about six years now it seems uh, so uh, I guess this is what we should expect year in and year out uh, UTEP consistently recruits pretty strongly then they get in and they just don't produce they don't uh, they're not a good program right now they're just you know if I'm a UTEP basketball fan which there are a lot of them they have as good a fan support as any uh, team in the conference but uh, when they're on the run they've been in the last few years, it's really hard for the fans to rally behind that team. So UTEP is just kind of keeping up the tradition over the last six, seven years right now.
0: Fair to say, guys, that this this has been all things considered a good first season for Jay Ladner. Patrick, what would you say?
3: Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a good season, just for everything they've kind of been through, uh, losing a couple of players. I, I think Jay's done a pretty good job of keeping it together and, and putting his team in a position to compete against some uh, quality teams and conference play so if you mm-hmm. if you want to label it as success in that way yes but uh the, the final overall record and uh, uh just just what all's gone on this season it i would it's hard to say at the end of the season anybody would call that a success And i'm sure jay ladner would in no way want to call that a success mm-hmm. so uh i you'd want to have you know you'd want to be around you know close to 500 and they're not going to come close to that so I don't know I, yeah. I, I think considering everything the program's been through is probably the best you can expect but no I, I don't think anybody would call it a success. Well let's
0: say they win their last see two of the last four and they win a game or two in the conference Now I know that's a big stretch but that certainly right. that certainly would surprise people yes
3: Sure yeah I mean they can absolutely turn this you know turn it into a very much a bright note for the program if they could somehow get to the semifinals of the conference tournament. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they have a chance to really kind of bolster, uh, get some momentum for the program going into the off offseason. Uh, so, yeah, it's, they have a chance to really end this on a bright note.
0: All right, I'm going to move on to baseball because I want to save some time in the next segment to talk to Patrick about the news out of the Saints and some other NFL stuff. But baseball now, four games in, Golden Eagles have won three close games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see no batting power in, in the respect of, of hitting balls out of the park. But i tell you what I do see, Patrick. It looks like to me that the Friday night kid for Southern Miss, if he stays healthy, this could be lightning in a bottle for Scott Berry. This kid looks like he's the real deal.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think what we could be looking at, if everything falls into place for Gabe and he continues this uh, uh, to pitch as dominant as he has in his last three or four starts as a Golden Eagle, he's got a chance to even be better than Nick Sandlin was in his final wow. season Southern Miss, and that says a lot. Wow. Uh, you know, if you're if you're on par with that dude, you're pretty good. And, right. And Gabe Shepard has got you know more velocity, uh, good control. Uh, he's just really just incredible right now as a college pitcher. I mean, and he's not even really up to his top velocity to start the season. That will come as the, the the temperature warms up and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Gabe Shepard is your Friday night guy. Walker pals experienced as any pitcher in college baseball right. uh, on, right. in the number two slot. And eventually they'll probably, they'll, Chandler Best will probably come around or somebody will plug in there in the third spot. So uh, pitching has not disappointed and you're right. They've shown no power <laughs> at all really mm-hmm. uh, through the first four games, but they'll eventually show a little bit of pop in the long run. So if they can, you know, put six five, six runs on the board night in, night out, they're gonna win some games.
1: Yeah, but but who care to me, who cares about the lack of power?
0: Oh I do. That's the most exciting play in
1: sports no, a home run. Bob the the key is to win the game. Well I get yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean I agree with that. And, that. and and to well, me that's
3: it's not you know, it's not so much even power, it's you know, it's extra base hits. And there's there have right. been a few of those. It's To me, you know, home run is nice, but if you can mix in a bunch of doubles that really kinda makes up for that lack of overall And
1: that's one of the things to me that is so cool about baseball is there truly is more than one way to skin a cat. Just win, baby, win. That's it, that and, right? and the Eagles are doing it. And that we said it. they were going to have to do it with you know small ball and pitching. So far, it's very early, but that's exactly what they've done.
0: All right, Patrick, when you, when we come back, we want to talk to you more about baseball. I want to talk about Drew Brees coming back and what must be going on in the mind of that young man down in Baton Rouge as it appears he is destined to become a Cincinnati Bengal. We'll be right back.
1: southern miss to the top top. you're tuned in to the eagle hour
0: back on the eagle hour thanks for tuning in this afternoon we're talking to patrick mcgee at the biloxi sun herald this segment sponsored by four street bar and grill great lunches five days a week how how much
1: 8.95 still still they've been 8.95 for a long time so no inflation there and i think Let's see, today's Thursday. Yeah. So it's a chicken fried steak today? Uh-huh. No, no, I'll tell you what it is. It's grilled pork chops. Mm-mm. Grilled pork and chops.
0: tomorrow's the day to go, really, too.
1: Catfish Friday? Yeah,
0: we're, you and I are going to be at Ramey Motor, so we won't be eating at uh, 4th Street tomorrow, but...
1: Plenty of pre-gaming to do Saturday. That's right. That's
0: right. All right, talking to the professor of the Biloxi son, Harold Patrick are Patrick... Uh, Yesterday we interviewed the uh, the play-by-play announcer for Central Arkansas, the baseball team that's uh, coming into the Pete this weekend. So the Miss fans probably looked at that and said, oh, yeah, that's an easy sweep. I don't know. They, uh, they've won a lot of games in the last three years. I think the Eagles uh, may been for a little bit of a challenge this weekend, Pat. Yeah,
3: Central Arkansas is a program in baseball that you can't take for granted. Uh, they're a team that, you know, traditionally goes – here early in the season, we'll go on and play some pretty good programs and, and hold their own. So uh, much like Murray State, you know, you had them pretty good game one, but uh, Southern Miss really had to fight for it in game two and game three. So uh, Southern Miss is going to have to, you know, get a lot of what they've been getting here uh, lately is good pitching and timely hitting. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a weekend that can't take for, be taken for granted at all.
0: All right, four games in, Patrick. Your observation, where does the Eagle baseball program or team need to improve right now?
3: Uh, it, it has to you know produce more in the uh, extra base hits, you know, doubles, triples, and, and eventually kind of start getting a little more pop out of the middle of the lineup. You need uh, Matt Guidry Gid- to be that guy that can hit 9 to 10 homers and, and hit for a really strong average out of the three hole. Uh, he continues to get on base, but, you know, the bat just hasn't warmed up for him quite yet. So uh, somebody has to really kind of step up with the middle of the lineup and just be able to knock in a few more runs, uh, just get, you know, f- it's really kind of still one of those things where Scott Berry is trying to figure out his lineup, everything's going to fit together. Uh, so it's it's really going to be kind of touch and go for really the first 10, 14 games of the right. season, uh, figuring out how this thing's going to be put together. So uh, it's, it's not maybe the best time to judge the team, whether it's success or or maybe there's concerns. It's, it's, it's such a young team and so many unproven players that it's going to take several weeks Uh, to figure out what this team's
0: all about. And and I think the game uh, Tuesday night was a good illustration that Coach Barry and Coach Oz are searching because it was almost like pitcher tryouts Tuesday night. I mean, they were just bringing one kid after another, and I think four of the six kids that pitched Tuesday night, it was their first time to uh, ever pitch in a college baseball game. So uh, fair to say, Patrick, right now winning obviously always important, but right now I think, Coach Barry spending more time worrying about uh, finding the combination of kids he's going to depend on down the stretch and when conference play starts and then perhaps winning or losing every single game right now.
3: Yeah, and I think he kind of treated uh, Tuesday's game as a Johnny Holstaff staff and an opportunity to put a bunch of guys on the mound and see what they can do. Uh, often that that's a situation where Barry just feels like he doesn't have the. The guy that can go out there, you know, that can throw five five innings. But I think he really just took that game to get as many guys on the mound as possible and figure out some things. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a luxury to pull out a win when you're just trying to still figure things
1: out. I I respectfully disagree with both you guys. I, I think the season has gone perfectly according to the script so far in the sense that we talked about even with Scott on the show a week ago Monday. He talked about the beginning of the year. Baseball in general, at any level, the pitchers are going to have the advantage on the hitters. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. As the temperatures warm up, the hitters get better. The balls become baseballs become more lively, you know, and jump out of the ballpark more. And yeah, the Eagles didn't, you know, tear it up at the plate. But remember that point we just said: the Southern Miss hitters will get better as the season goes on when they when they catch more up to the pitching. So the fact that they're four and zero. And that their pitching staff has been able to win those games, to pull them out. Mm-hmm. And, and they've won it with singles and doubles. Oh, I agree. I, I, just, I just think it's been yeah, perfect so far. You know, If they went out and went one and three, right. you know, then, then we've got a different thing we're talking about. It's just going to be a different modus operandi this year right. for the Eagles. They're going to be more punch and judy, more hit and runs, more bunts. You know, They're going to have to steal some bases maybe that they didn't have to before. Um, I just think it's going to be a different way to approach it. But, again, it's a beautiful thing about baseball.
0: Well, that's right. Uh, one, one thing that I'm a little disappointed in, uh, guys, is how – and it's just scheduling, I get it – but how early they have to go on the road next week to play a pretty experienced, old, much older Ole Miss team. Uh, you know, So I think the next four games, guys, are going to tell us a little more. I think you're going to get competitive baseball out of central Arkansas. It's going to be a big challenge to go up – uh, to Oxford this early in the year with this young a baseball team and play a team as experienced as Ole Miss, as Ole Miss is, you would agree with that, Patrick?
3: Right, and and to address some of what Kelly said, I mean the the, the way the schedule stacked this year, I mean there's not much room for error in the uh, non conference schedule on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Those games are super important, and we've seen Southern Miss suffer a lot, you know, suffer a loss here or there on the weekends, even whenever they took two out of three uh they took a setback cuz they played a team with such a poor rpi murray state may eventually be that team we don't know uh usually ohio valley does not uh have a very good tradition there You might have one team comes out is pretty good but uh if southern miss is going to you know get considerations in that large eventually you've got to basically sweep a murray state and it's good to beat a uno midweek uh so going ahead you know it, this is you no know, at southern miss you know the expectations make the postseason and they did what they needed to do over the weekend against Murray State, and they're just going to continue to get good pitching. I agree that the hitting is going to come eventually. It's just a matter of if that does that come in the midway point or after three weeks. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But, you know, right now I wouldn't, you know, you know, place a rubber stamp on this is a is right. a major success. I'd just say Southern Miss kinda of did what they had to do. Well and guys
0: see we, we got a little spoiled here the last few years with mm-hmm. the number of home run hitters on, on the ball right. club. We had like four or five kids that could just belt it out anytime they came up to the plate.
1: And UNO with this win over UNO, UNO is a Southland conference team. Central Arkansas uh, is a, right, a another Southland team. So Southland, you know, not a, not a very strong football conference. Or basketball, for that a matter. baseball conference. Baseball is their torchbearer right. and, uh, when it comes to sports. They have some very good baseball teams. Right. <coughs> Pardon me, including southeastern Louisiana, which is, as we mentioned, is coached by Matt Riser from Picayune. So, you know, beating beating UNO and, and getting some wins against Central Arkansas good will start. certainly go a good long start. way. Yeah.
0: All right, Patrick, let's switch gears. We've got a long time to talk about baseball. You're the first guy I thought of, Patrick, when I read the news that Drew Brees is coming back for the new orleans saints a how happy were you b what does this mean for teddy bridgewater
3: well i i mean i was happy for drew to be able to come back and not not you know he doesn't want to end this career i you know he would keep going and keep this train going where the saints have these incredibly <laughs> breaking in right and drew just doesn't want to go out that way so uh he'll have another chance to kind of you know end it in a better fashion and and uh, he's perfectly capable of leading them back to the position where they can play for a Super Bowl. So, uh, just happy for Drew uh, Bridgewater. Yeah, I mean the chances are he's gone. Uh, he should get a decent contract somewhere, and he wants to be a starting quarterback. And right. uh, he played five games for the Saints this last season. This last season, won all five. So, uh, but you know, it also is, if Bridgewater leaves as expected, uh, that puts more pressure on a Taysom Hill to be kind of that number two guy. But you know. Sean Payton really likes to use Hill in a lot of different ways, so right. I I would expect the Saints to you know bring in somebody a competent number two, just so it uh, well, doesn't put all heard. the pressure on Taysom. So uh, if they lose Bridgewater, they're going to have to go out and find another
1: quarterback. Of course, the downside to this for Drew is is he now has officially lost his deposit at the Claiborne.
0: Correct. <laughs> well, he's got plenty of money. He he'll be able to get in whatever it
1: takes. <laughs> okay.
0: Now, Patrick, is there is there any hope for for the Poor Burroughs kid in uh, at LSU to to go from the national championship team to the Cincinnati Bengals would be quite a quite a difficult task. Any any hope this kid can escape that fate?
3: Well, it's kind of like being the go from the being the chefs at Ruth's Chris to the chefs of Waffle House. <laughs> so I, it's, it's, it's tough. You know,
0: oh, you not, should see Kelly's face, Patrick. I, leave, wish, I wish I could leave, get a picture of. Leave the Patrick.
1: jokes to me, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's going to be tough. I mean,
3: they have, they have a there's a lot that has to be done if, uh, for the Bengals to get things right in the next two to <laughs> three years. So the pressure will be on him. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd say pressure. There shouldn't be any pressure on Burroughs going into year number one with the, the Bengals. Uh, it's it's just all about him kind of progressing as a pro going right. in. but he has a lot of experience as a college quarterback, and I would expect him to play pretty well right away.
1: But Patrick, uh, Colin Cowherd on his nationally syndicated radio program yesterday said almost verbatim that he should pull an Eli Manning and just say, I am not going to play for Cincinnati. And Cowherd's point was is that any quarterback that gets himself in that situation is essentially throwing away seven years of his career. And he said that, oh, yeah. the, that the four teams in the NFL who have horrific management and ownership are the Bengals, the Browns, the Lions, and alas and alack, Bob's Redskins. And, and that you are, it's essentially ruining your career. By, by money or not, you'll have no career going to any one of those four teams.
3: He's, yeah, well I don't put much stock into what Cowherd says, so I, I you know. I agree. So I, I don't you know, I mean
0: I'd say he's going to go ahead and do it, he's
3: Ohio guys. And you can win and he can win with the Bengals.
0: Right. They'll get it figured out. Just do something about those uniforms. All right, Patrick. <laughs> thank you, buddy. We always appreciate you. Look forward to talking to you next week. All right, thanks guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, the professor of the Biloxi Sun Herald, every Thursday on the Eagle Hour and we always appreciate his input. We'll be right back. Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Want to thank uh, Hattiesburg Toyota for sponsoring the fourth segment of the show every day. Great inventory, huge inventory, cars, trucks, SUVs, new and used, quality, quality Toyota vehicles. Great deals and service after the sale. And what is that phone number, Kelly? Five
1: four four nine six three zero.
0: That's the only number you need to remember you well,
1: want to drive a new car. Well, that stupid 601 in front of it, 601. though. 601. It's the, the second big investment that you're going to make in your life besides your house is your car. Yeah, so, so buy
0: a Toyota. It lasts forever. All right. I want to thank uh, them for sponsoring the show. Baseball this weekend. Western Kentucky hosting Wright State. Middle Tennessee hosting Evansville. UNC Charlotte hosting – or yes, uh, UNC Charlotte being hosted by UAB. Florida Atlantic hosting Binghamton – Troy hosting Louisiana Tech, the Eagles hosting Central Arkansas. George Mason is at FIU, Rice at UC Irvine, Holy Cross at Old Dominion, Rice at UC Irvine. Kelly, isn't that the Dirtbags,
1: the uh, Anteaters, the Anteaters? Yeah, Cal ant Irvine Anteaters, ant the so, Anteaters and the Dirtbags. <laughs> two of the best nicknames you'll ever see. So there's one. There's one actual Conference USA matchup though, right? This weekend, did they start conference play?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Uh, I guess UNC Charlotte. And who? Yeah, and and UAB. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Okay, UNC Charlotte, UAB. yeah that's, you're right. That is really early. To yeah, be, that's way early. Yeah, to be starting conference play. Women's
0: basketball on the road tonight in Ruston, Louisiana. The Lady Eagles are 13 and 11, 5 and 8 in the conference. Uh, Tech is 12 and 12, 4 and 9 in the conference. Second time this season that Southern Miss has had to play Louisiana Tech on their home court. Uh, the Lady Eagles defeated the Lady Textures. Can you still say that? Lady Textures? I, I don't know.
1: Well, if that's a release from La Tech, then I guess so. 66-60
0: uh, in the first game this year. So big game tonight, uh, Kelly, for Joy Lee and her girls.
1: As they begin to shuffle for seating in the Conference USA tournament, the preseason polls had the Lady Eagles finishing about sixth. And with a couple of wins here of the season, that's about right where they'll be is uh, sixth. And uh-huh. so it'll, it'll all shake out here in the next, uh, next couple weeks.
0: Right. Man hosts Middle Tennessee this Saturday at 12 o'clock. Uh, the Indoor Track and Field Championships, Conference USA Championships, uh, begin Saturday. They're doing that out in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the Golden Eagles figure heavily in that as, uh, of course, they've done very, very well uh, in the last few years. Uh, much of that is available. Uh, much of that uh, activity you can catch on ESPN uh, Plus and some of the ESPN streaming channels. So if you're into track and field, and we are around here, we uh. Appreciate the great job that the track and field kids are doing at Southern Miss.
1: It's kind of, it's sometimes kind of tough to watch because there's different activities going on all at once, you know. But if you can kind of uh, find out what our uniforms look like compared to the other ones, you know, other schools that are competing, then you can kind of watch out for the the Eagles well, there.
0: Kelly and I tomorrow down uh, in Purvis at Ramy Motors. Always a fun time down there with uh, all those great folks, uh, cars, trucks, tractors. And right now, a great thing to be talking about would be boats. Am I right?
1: Man, I'm telling you, the parking lot out here is a lot of standing water, and and we're kind of making light of it, but it is a very serious situation, particularly north of us. You know, in the Jackson area, they are having some horrible flooding uh, going on up there, almost historic uh, type of flooding. So we pray that that once the sun comes back, it'll be here for a while and get the is it the Pearl River, I think that's that's right that's really swollen and over its right. banks. Um,
0: and while we have a minute, let me update something we haven't talked much about on this show. But a lot of people ask me about JT, and of course JT, as everybody knows, uh, suffers some really life threatening uh, health setbacks. But last report I got yesterday, Kelly, was that JT was doing better. That he had been taken off the respirator. That he was breathing on his own. Uh, he is uh, they're getting him some off of some of these painkillers and heavy drugs. He's becoming more and more aware of his surroundings and could conceivably uh be moved any time now to a private room at uh, St. Dominic's Hospital. Long way to go, but some encouraging news uh about JT and of course uh I say a prayer for him every night. He's a wonderful guy and and I hope that uh hope we can get him on the show here real soon and talk to him.
1: And it truly is amazing what medical science right can do. And and the men and women of you know the doctors, nurses, surgeons, whoever that are commissioned to do that work. I mean, it is amazing. They're you so know.
0: dedicated to what they do too.
1: Well, and and I mean, their the JT story is not unique. I mean, there's a lot of people where families even gather, thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that happened in, J, in JT's case, but sometimes people right. will get together and say, "You might want to say goodbye." And then, you know, well look at look at Ryan Newman, the right. the NASCAR driver right. over the weekend. How, right. how anybody could look at that crash and say anybody survived it. Yeah. Was was amazing, and he's out of the hospital. Goes right. home yesterday with his. Wouldn't surprise me if he retires. By the way, right? You know, because he's got his two beautiful daughters there, and I don't know that it's going to be worth it to him. We'll see. But it's just it is amazing.
0: A, a subject for a different show. But sometimes you get a little frustrated uh, when you see the money that some of these coaches make, coaching college basketball and football and things of that nature. And then you think of the work. Doctors and nurses do, like the ones that cared for JT for that young man, uh, hurt in the Daytona 500. Those are the people that ought to be making the million dollars a year. I mean, they're the ones that are doing important work.
1: And and although a lot of them are well compensated, they they deserve it. And lots of times, people oh they just make all this money. But remember, getting through school, they had to spend a lot of money to right. get to get where they are. And thank goodness they have that knowledge.
0: So the next time you're sick, ask yourself, do I want the best doctor who makes the most money? Or the cheapest stalker? I think the answer is pretty obvious.
1: Let's be clear. We can go to Canada and get things for half price than we do in this country.
0: (laughs) All right. uh, We'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. Until then, Southern Miss. To To the
1: top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea.